For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. It's time to get woke. We welcome you once again to uh, Make It Plain, uh, the podcast. We have two very special guests in uh, studio with us today, uh, two of whom I have a great deal of admiration for. One in particular as a football fan and a sports fan. And I told some of the, uh, uh, the men in my family, some of my relatives, I was going to be seeing him today, and they were just so excited. They wanted to fly to New York <laughs> <laughs> to meet him in person. He has been a legend in the coaching box, of course. Tony Dungy, good to see you, hey, my friend. You, t- as I was saying when he came in, we talked on the phone, but never in person, so it's an honor to see you. And then your better half is also here, <laughs> too, right? Mrs. Dungy, Lauren Dungy, how are you? I'm doing well, thank you. Nice to meet you, too. Thank you. Good to be here. So congratulations. Um, two new books, um, children's books, correct, for, yes. for the most part. One... Um, well, we talk about both. Uh, Carson chooses forgiveness, but also we chose you a book about adoption, family, and forever love. That is your story, isn't it, Lauren? It is our story. We have adopted over and over. We have <laughs> eight children at home. They are all adopted, ages 3 to 19. And we found that um, in the adoption process, that there's not a lot of good material out there to support adoption. Right. And we wrote our story because we wanted other people to have that information as they walk through adoption, whether they were adopted themselves or they were adopting or knew someone who was going through the process. And the book really gives support to parents and children Absolutely. who do adopt, correct? Yes. yes. Yeah. yeah. A lot of times adopted children feel like, you know, I'm not like everybody else and what happened to me and just showing them that God just has different ways of putting the family together. And then for parents and even parents who are even thinking about it, 
and then maybe have some questions. We thought it could help. Mm -hmm. Now, how many children, again, have you adopted? We have eight at home. They're adopted. <laughs> we have 11 total. So, uh, okay. little and, football and, team. And uh, clearly. <laughs> uh, uh, and there's some foster children, too. Well, right? the last child that we adopted was a former foster child. Okay. We had okay. him for eight months, and he is now part of our family. Why? What, why? I mean, that, that's a lot to take on. It is a lot to take on. It's a passion that we have. We have the resources. We have the love and the room in our hearts to adopt. And in my family, uh, I have a rich legacy of adoption. My okay. grandparents adopted. My parents adopted. I have aunts and uncles who have adopted. Okay. So it's, it's a natural thing. That's yeah. what we grew up with. Coach, um, is having such a large adoptive family kind of almost like being a head football coach. I mean, you're responsible for young men, yes. too, aren't you? No, it really is. And a lot of the lessons you learn uh, in parenting, they transfer to coaching and, and vice versa. The, everybody's different. You've got to find a way to reach every single player. You've got to find the strengths and weaknesses of every child and help them grow. So it, it's, it's been a lot of fun. Now, also the two of you are unapologetically Christian. Yes, sir. Um, as a minister, even if I weren't, I'd admire that. And I, I know many people who do admire that. How much of a role does your faith play in your ministry of adoption? A major role. I mean, without our faith in Jesus Christ, we could not do the things that we've accomplished. You know, he's our guiding light, and we use the Christian principles every day in our life yeah. and with our children as well. And for those who might be listening and I hope people are listening and even considering what you all have done uh, for a lot of reasons. I had the honor of being the MC for the Million Man March. And you will recall one of our charges to black men in 1995 was to adopt more black children. Right. And briefly after that, the, the National Association of Black Social Workers documented that th there was a spike in black mm -hmm. child adoptions mm -hmm. as a result. Mm -hmm. Now, obviously, we should be keeping, you know, that kind of a thing going. But as people are listening and considering that, if you're thinking about adopting a child, how much do you consider your faith in that child's life? I mean, you all are Christian, so obviously you want to raise a child right. yes. in a Christian household. But how challenging is that? Because you might adopt a child, and that may not take is it was is that been a challenge for you all or no you just feel like just like you would raise your biological children okay. you're going to give them the same input you're going to talk about the lord you're going to model it and uh, you're going to pray about it and hopefully it does take uh but there's no guarantees but mm -hmm. that's the same thing with with every child but it's interesting you, you talked about that 1995 we have a 19 year old son uh that, that we adopted when he was a day old and lauren you know, did all the research, and we had another coach on our staff who was adopting at the time, so we were trying to support him. Uh, but the um, the lady who ran this agency told us at that time in 2000, said, we have a huge need for African-American parents. We have all these kids who need homes, and they're not being ministered to. And we couldn't believe it, because at that time, all you hear is, well, you've got these long waits, and there's right. waiting lists right. and everything. And she said, no, we need African-American parents. And that's really what got us going. Mm -hmm. For those who might be listening to Lauren, 
as, as you've gone through the process, obviously, many times, were there ever things that might have happened or you might have thought about that might have changed your mind or talked you out of it? And in other words, if people are listening and they have, well, I don't know about this, I don't mm -hmm. know about that, did you go through, through any of that discernment and, and get over some mm -hmm. of those things? And if so, what were they? Well, I, 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 we understood in the process that you're never going to get all the information about the, the child, his background and, you know, what the biological parents were like and what challenges they were going through during this process. We really, once we made that decision, then we knew we were going to go forward. And we decided that we were going to do closed adoption, which means that there's no contact uh, with the biological parents once you take that child in. And uh, once we made that decision, then that child was ours. Mm -hmm. And there were, of course, some things that would come up um, after we adopted our, our children, but they were our kids, and this was their forever home. So we made that commitment, and there was no going back or taking the child back. Is there, Coach, are there pros and cons to close adoption versus a child having some contact with the with the birth parents there are there there are benefits both ways and we just felt like especially with, with our notoriety uh it would going to be better for the kids to just know that this is their family and and so we decided on that and all nine eight of ours have been closed adoptions uh but that doesn't mean that's the only way for us we just felt that was the best way but as you were talking, you're always going to have questions. When you have biological kids, you, you, know, you have that nine-month period right. where you're hoping everything goes perfectly. It may or may not, uh, and only the Lord knows that. So yeah. you, you, you do kind of have to step out on faith, and that's what we did. Even in a closed adoption scenario, Lauren, are children, because there's, there's also this kind of anxiety, and it's probably somewhat mythical. People think that when you're adopted, you ultimately always want to know who your birth parents are. Is that true? Is that, is that common? Did, have you all had to deal with that? Does that curiosity kind of take over at any point? I'm sure uh, for some of our kids, they want to know all about their uh, family and other children. They have no desire. This is their yeah. forever home, and they have no concerns or questions. Uh, we, we are prepared. We have information, and we will share it appropriately when the time is right. Um, and I'm sure all children want to know. I think the most important thing is they want to know they were loved. Yeah. And we try to, uh, to reiterate that idea that your biological parents wanted the best for you. So it was uh, um, their right. love that made them place you with us. Yeah. And yeah. that's really what they want to know. You know, to hear you put it that way, you don't hear that often enough that exactly. that's – sometimes or most times when you're put up for adoption there probably is a good reason and a loving one exactly. yes. you know yes and and and, and i mean what no, you that's said the ultimate love right yeah and it's interesting what you said obviously i don't think you would you get that i mean you don't get that watching television you only right. get that from loving parents like you who are able to well, convey that you. you know you just you, nobody's just going to tell oh you know well, this is what happened it's all good but it takes parents like you to say, you know, you're loved here, and obviously you were loved by those who put you up for adoption because you're here in our loving home. That's right. So yeah. it just kind of works out. We, we had one 
situation. And we didn't, as Lauren said, we don't get a lot of information about the parents in the background, the biological parents. But the uh, agency told us that one particular mom, she all she wanted, she said, I want my child to be raised in a Christian two-parent home. Mm. That's why I'm putting him up for adoption. Okay. And that's what I want. And when you think about it that way, that, that is the ultimate sacrifice. She said, mm -hmm. I, I can't provide that at this time. That's what my child needs. And I would rather him have that than be with me uh, and not have that. And when you look at it that way, I mean, it brings tears to your eyes. Yeah, it does. Now, that was one situation. Have you had any other parents you've encountered that say, we want our child in a Christian home? Is well, that they, all, yeah. they, they all. They all. They all ultimately Christian that. agencies that we work with. Home and to know that they're going to be loved, and they're delighted when they hear that there are other children in the home that are adopted as well, so that they feel they know that their child will be embraced and loved. Were all of your children adopted mostly as infants? They were all adopted as infants except the last one. He was a foster child, and we had the opportunity, and we jumped at it when his parents' rights were terminated, and he is six years old. So, so total, including your biological, how many children <laughs> have you raised from infancy? Bless Are you heart. ready? Um, three decades, 11 children. So from infancy. From uh, infancy, huh. yeah. So. And you're okay. <laughs> I am doing fantastic and extremely blessed. Really? And highly favored. All right. I'm sure some are listening like, okay, what's, what's up with Lauren? Is she all right? <laughs> She's in she church. loves it, though. Now, she was a school teacher before that and had all kinds of kids that yeah. she treated as her own. I so you just, you just love children. I love children. And as I said, it was modeled in our home. We grew up with children right, that were not right. biologically related to us. Yeah. So even, and you have biological children, obviously. Yeah. You know, I know women who have a threshold. You know, that's it. <laughs> Is, is, is there an it for the Dungies? No, Are you all going to keep adopting children? I quickly answer no, because as the Lord brings more children to our home, we'll take them. Uh -huh. And we're very much involved in foster care as well, as you mentioned earlier. And uh, that we've had children that have stayed with us for a short period of time. But if the opportunity presents itself where they'll be uh, adopted in our home, yes, we'll do it again and again. And I, that's being obedient to the Lord, and yeah. I think, believe that's what he's called us to do. Yeah. That in particular, Coach, you believe God has called you to, to parent? He has, and, and given us a great opportunity to do that, and, and there's a passage, you know, in, in Matthew where Jesus says, when you do this for the least of these, you, you've done it for me, and uh, we both believe that. Another book you all have out, and, and both have... Uh, choice or chosen in the title Carson chooses forgiveness tell us about that one now in this one I think both of you are coaching we are the coaches now now wait a minute now how close is that to real life were you also co-coaching the NFL teams as well because we want to give proper credit more, more I was behind the scenes my man said he said <laughs> I just wasn't out there on the field I know but that's right okay but you, you were behind it but it's important it. and in our story the young man is involved uh, with the basketball team, and they're playing together as a unit except one boy who is the ball hog and wants all the attention and feels that he's the superior athlete. And the kids don't like his attitude. They don't like the way that he treats them. And they're angry. They're frustrated. But the coaches point out to them that it's better to work together as a team rather than alienate this player. So they have to go through this, and, and they're 
encouraged to forgive him for his actions, his comments, and then work together. And that's a lesson that speaks volumes. And many children are faced in a situation where they aren't the star player. And they have to, and they're treated maybe unfairly, or remarks are made, comments are said. And they have to learn to forgive and move forward. And that's a, a lesson that will carry them through life, not just yeah. on the basketball team. Yeah, and the story, too, Coach, is so common. Teams are like family. Yes. You know, you have so many different personalities, and you have the A-type, and you have the ball hogs. This story is about basketball, but ball hogs in every, in every sport. And you kind of have to figure out a way to work, work yeah. through it. Yeah. No, and the overriding lesson is uh, for young people, somebody hurts my feelings. Somebody does something I don't like. What do I do? Do I just shut them out now? Or do I you know, say, hey, this person's on my team. This person's in my family. This person's in my class. And I've got to work with them. And forgiving is hard for us. And it's especially hard for kids. So it, we felt it was a great lesson. A lesson, too, if young people at a certain age got that, then adults would get it, too. Because in this story, I'm sure you dealt with adults in this very yes. same situation. Yes. Yeah, I mean, you, you see it on the coaching staff. Yeah. Coach does something, hurts one another coach's feelings some right. way, doesn't right. like his idea, and we're not going to talk for a couple of days. Well, that, that hurts the team. How can we mm -hmm. get over it and get back together and know that our goal is making our players better and let's, let's focus on our goal instead of how we offended one another? What you're talking about now and, and what you apply in this book or implement in this book, is, is that something else that the two of you came to um, naturally and are able to give advice? Or do either of you act, well, I know you've been a teacher, but you know, now people go to school to learn how to deal with conflict resolution and personalities mm -hmm. on teams and in the workplace. Did you all do anything like that, or this is just from your experience? Um, from our personal experience for the most part. You know, we have a large family and there are co conflicts just day to day with our children and we have to teach them and model the proper behavior and how to handle something rather than fighting and there could be an atmosphere of chaos in our household if we didn't teach the children and show them how to work together as a family unit and that it carries over into their relationships in the classroom with right. their friends in the community right. so it's just something that uh, through experience we've, we've learned that it's better to forgive and move on than to hold those grudges and be frustrated and angry. And, and all right. the principles in our books, our whole entire series, they're all biblical principles. Mm -hmm. So it's not, I mean, some of the things you get in school, but mainly we've got it from the Bible. Yeah. You mentioned again large families, so let me just deal with some numbers. <laughs> How many siblings do you have? In my family, I have, well, I have four brothers. I have to think for a minute. I grew up with three brothers and one sister, but my parents adopted a brother and sister after we were uh, out of the house in college. But we also had a number of foster brothers and sisters. Wow. So and and, and what a, about you, Coach? Did you grow up in the same uh, kind of four, family? Four of us all together, yeah. two, two sisters, one brother. So that's a lot of folks. What do y'all yeah. do during the holidays? <laughs> We've had some big gatherings. <laughs> we do. Time. We get together, yeah. celebrate, and there's a little bit of drama as expected, but we have a good time. Yeah. We really celebrate family. How does 
the book writing that you do also, in addition to the work you're doing with the children and whatnot, how does that also fulfill your calling and your faith? Well, we take our books um, that we write and we share the stories with other people. And so it's an opportunity to go out into the community. Every Tuesday in Tampa, we visit local, they're called Title I schools, and we're able to go out and encourage the children and just give them some good life lessons and hope. Many of the children in the schools that we visit have had a lot of uh, trauma, mm -hmm. a lot of um, sadness and challenges in their lives. And so we want to encourage them. And we also want to expose them to a world outside of their immediate community. And it was funny when we first started visiting schools and we'd ask the kids, you know, ask any question that you have. Mm -hmm. And Evelyn, they would say, are you two married? And we said, yeah, we're married wow. and we're married to each other. And they hadn't seen that modeled. And wow. that just blew them away that two people were happy and together and going around and ministering to kids. And they wanted to know, well, why are you doing this? And what satisfaction do you get out of it? We get a lot of satisfaction knowing that we're encouraging other children to dream. That's amazing. And, and, and a lot of the kids ask that question. They do, yeah, surprisingly. Yeah. But the, God's given us a great platform with right. me and the NFL and people want to know about sports and with the books. And it's been a way for us to share our faith and not necessarily come blasting at you, hey, we're Christians and this is what we believe, but just talking about our values and the things that are important and talking about the books um, and from a biblical perspective. Coach, I think one of the other good things is when I talk to young people, when you go to you see a lot of young people in school nowadays, you ask them what they want to be when they grow up, and everybody wants to be a professional athlete, mm -hmm. you know, and we know how unlikely that is for most. I just think it's good for you having been in the field for people to see and touch someone like you so they can see that there are other fulfilling parts of life that you even now emphasize more than your athletic yeah. career yeah. per se. No, it's great and I, we get that question a lot and I'll tell the young men especially, it's, it's great to have that dream and that desire, go for it, but understand that it takes knowledge, it takes that hard work, uh, reading, going to college, that's yeah, important. You want to be a pro football player, you're going to have to read playbooks. You're going to have to that's understand right. math that's and right. tendencies. So make sure you're doing that. And then we tell them all that there's jobs, way more jobs around the sport. You know, the marketing department, the tickets, the PR, the training staff, there's all these hundreds of jobs in the NFL that aren't on the field. You can get one of those and, and be part of it. Um, so don't just limit yourself to, I want to be a player, or that's it. Yeah. What have the Dungies not done yet <laughs> that you all are still looking to do? Like, what else is out there that you all are thinking about and considering? I would just believe that with our platform, there are many uh, more children that we can reach and impact and pour into. So given the opportunities, we're going to go out and just um, – Minister to people, children, as well as adults. Yeah, yeah. D does your faith also inform you that, I mean, obviously you've been blessed. You've been a successful coach, the first African-American head coach to win the Super Bowl. Does, do those kinds of blessings 
inspire you as well to pay it forward? I mean, is yes. it like I've got yes. this, so I've got to go yeah. and give something Absolutely. else? And, and I think that's the message that we give to kids. Hey, you can be the first. doesn't have to be the first in sports, but you could be the first in something that the world hasn't seen yet. Don't limit yourself. And uh, there's a lot of things. I, I would have never dreamed. There were no African-American coaches when I was a kid, so dreaming about being a coach yeah. wasn't really on my radar. Uh, but don't limit yourself. You don't know what God has in store mm-hmm. for you. Indeed, indeed. Two books, uh, folks, that are out right now for you and your young people to share in and read. We chose you, a book about adoption, family, and forever love. And also, Carson chooses forgiveness uh, about a young man on a basketball team. And, and one of the, the kids that they all have to work through forgiving and being um, a part of a team with. Now more than ever, and because you all care about children mm-hmm. and you're raising children, I just want to ask you, and I know, I know my audience thinks about this because they think a lot about what's going on in the news. As we watch families being separated, does that trouble you all as well? I mean, I'm not asking for a political position on it, but when you see those kind of images and with the love and concern you have for children, does that, does that kind of stuff bother you too? Absolutely. It's very disturbing to see the families torn apart and separated and you know the children don't know what's going on they don't understand what's happening and they're removed from their fam- families and just put in an, an area a holding area and how frightening and how devastating must that be mm-hmm. it's, it's very so yeah so uh, we have to have laws and we have to have regulations uh, but we also have to have some compassion and how can we work this out so we do get the laws upheld but we keep those families intact um there's got to be a way to do it indeed, indeed coach another question for you last week week before last i um sat next to the commissioner and jay-z in the press conference a lot of talk about that you have any thoughts about that arrangement and or do you have any recent thoughts about Kaepernick and his situation? You know, uh, when I came into the NFL in 1977, diversity was a big issue. And how are we going to get African Americans involved in other aspects besides playing the game? And people had different thoughts on that. And you could get criticized if you didn't have the same thought everybody else had. Well, yes, we need to improve it. I think we can do this. Um, There are a lot of different ways to work it and a lot of different ways to to make it happen, and and that's been the case. Now um, it's on social justice and empowering people. Colin Kaepernick had a way that he felt he could be effective, and we can't begrudge him of that. We can't knock him of that. It might not be my way. It might not be someone else's way, but he did what he thought to help the situation. Jay-Z is now working and saying, you know, I can get on the inside and maybe help. And everybody's kind of slamming that. Well, that's not the way I would do it. Uh, I don't understand what he's trying to do. Mm-hmm. Let's wait and see what he's trying to do and how effective it can be and give him a chance to do it. Um, I, I think it all helps, um, and we've got to be open-minded and listen to each other. Colin Kaepernick, I feel badly that he's not playing. He's a talented young man. He, he has the ability to play in the NFL. Um, he took a stance, and, and he 
decided this course of action. Um, he, he's paying for it a little bit financially, but I think in his heart, uh, he feels better about it. Yeah. Just speaking of the whole even diversity piece, like I said, it would seem to me, I mean, if I was running the NFL, someone like you I would call upon <laughs> to be more of an ambassador and a presence, even as you go speak to young people. I mean, as the, the first sure. black coach to win the Super Bowl. Now, in every other sport, that's, we remember, that is a major thing. Um, but in the context of the diversity conversation, it just seems to me, and plus, you know, you're not just anybody. You're, you're not a minister, but you're a minister. You know, we can do that as ministers. We can discern yeah, right. that in others. And, <laughs> and to be able to go and, and kind of spread that message, it just seems to me that's, you know, well, I, I think I've tried done to do that. Me. And um, <laughs> I, I think the NFL needs to understand in any organization, if you want to be the best you can be, you've got to utilize all your resources. And if yeah. you have a, a, a section that you're not using, you're not going to be as strong as you could be. And, and that's what we've got to get across. Indeed, indeed. Again, congratulations uh, on the books and the work you're doing. Are you all still attending the same church that you were with? There was a church. There was a church called Outerwild or something that you were attending. Um, with? We've moved on to another church. Okay. It's a Grace Family Church in okay. Tampa. Okay. Okay. Well, obviously they have a powerful ministry. They yeah. must, if you all in. <laughs> but I, I admire uh, your faith. Thank you. Um, and all of the work you're doing. Admire your dedication to family and young people. And it's truly an honor to meet you. Thank you. Thank uh, you so thanks much. For having and, us. and we look forward to hearing and seeing much more from the Dungies, okay? All right. Thank you. All right, Thank folks. You, so we chose you a book about adoption, family, and forever love. And then Carson chooses forgiveness. So, folks, when you're thinking about young people and you're getting them books, uh, please consider these. And uh, parents, these are good books for you to have as well. And hopefully, too, some of you might be inspired. Uh, to help change the life of a young person, Amen. either through adoption or foster. Right. I should ask this before we go. Quickly, just for those, let's be real practical. First steps, Mrs. Dungey. If somebody say, you know, I think I might want to do this. What's the first thing you think? You first thing you do is pray. Make okay. sure that, that that's the right thing to do and you and your husband are on the same accord. Okay. Um, and then decide what uh, t type of adoption you're interested in. There are so many different ways now to adopt open clothes. We talked about it before. Do you want a, a, a young child, an infant, right, right. newborn, or do you want an older child? So you kind of got to walk through those things and decide if what, what's, what will work for your family. And then getting in touch with a, a caseworker or an agency, they'll, they'll help you through all those questions and help you make the best choice when you're going to adopt. Yeah. But it, or, or if you're not ready for that permanent situation, I don't know, foster care, right. there is a huge need. Right. Yeah. Uh, I know in Florida, gosh, we, we have kids in these large um, group situations that are just dying for a place to go. So you might want to say, let mm -hmm. me try that first. Let me just mm -hmm. reach out and be a foster parent. Uh, contacting foster care system in your city, they'd love to hear from you. Folks, uh, action. So we don't just talk about it. We want you to do it and consider it. And as we say in the spirit of the Million Man March, that's what we all pledge to do. Amen. And much more of us who have those resources ought to be, be just about that. So, uh, again, uh, uh, Tony and Lauren Dungey, congratulations to you both. God bless you both. Thank and, you. And, and admire you, your, your continued walk in the faith. All right, folks, that does it for now. Make It Plain podcast. Tell a friend. Also, uh, the Make It Plain daily show is available for you via subscription. Go to makeitplain.com. Tell all your friends. If all minds are clear, it has been made plain.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.